What's going on, family? This is Pastor Sergio Chavez, and I just want to thank you for tuning into the Hope Center podcast. There was a chicken farmer who found an ego egg, and he put it, found the, the ego egg and put it with the rest of the chicken. And as you can imagine, with time, soon the, the egg began to hatch, and an eagle came out, but the thing was the eagle began to grow amongst chickens, and so the eagle thought it was a chicken. So it ate the food that the chicken would eat. It would, uh, it would see that, they, that, that the other chickens could only fly a short distance, so the eagle thought that that's all it could do because it thought it was an eagle, so it would fly a short distance. The gestures, the mannerisms, the habits of a chicken, this eagle began to believe that it was a chicken. Now, it wasn't until one day this eagle saw a bird flying. In fact, it was soaring high above in the clouds, and, uh, and the eagle looked up and said, who is that? And then the other hens said, that's the eagle, the king of the birds. What was interesting is that as it was looking, it, you know, the other hen just began to feed on the little seeds, but the eagle just would gaze and stare because as it would stare at the eagle, it would also look at itself and look at the other chicken and say, hold up, I kind of look more like that than I do like this. And then he, the, the eagle began to kind of mock and imitate what the other eagle was doing and was seeing that its span of the wings were larger than the, than the chickens and that's when a strange feeling came upon the eagle because he began to have a conflict of identity. He was saying, I was raised with these chickens. I thought that I was like them. I thought I was a part of them, but I'm finding that I'm relating more to the eagle that's soaring and it's high above. And that's when it began to look at itself in the reflection of waters and we start to see that, it, that in fact this eagle didn't look all the way like the chickens. And then he realized that there was something more for him I hope that you caught that here today and so often we deal with conflict in identity because we're raised in certain places some of you guys were raised in Central America or in the United States or the Caribbean you were raised in DC Maryland Virginia you were raised from a particular culture a particular society but yet there's a conflict in your identity because as you look out and you see what God is doing around you in you and the people that he's connecting to now in church and you're saying you know what there's something more for my life it's a conflict of identity. Now, identity is so crucial, is so important to our lives. Identity is concerned highly with the question, who am I? Have you ever asked yourself, who am I? Identity relates to the basic values that dictate the choices we make. We make choices based on who we believe we are. Are you still here with me? Whatever you believe or whoever you believe that you are, those are the decisions that you're going to. So, so choices are bound to identity. So the relationships you get into, the career moves that you make, your lifestyle is tied to who you believe that you are. And it reflects 
who we are and what we value. Over the course of our lives, each person's identity is being formed, it's being shaped by individual experiences, relationships, culture, media, the world around us, and we're constantly seeking in finding or defining who we are in any way that we can. Psychologists share in my research, psychologists share uh, in research that, that identity is, is a very complex thing, but really it's, it's made up of three things. A person's identity is based on potential, who, what I believe my potential is. It's also bound to purpose, what I believe my purpose in life is. And the third thing that identity is bound to is how can I find opportunities to implement potential and and purpose and so those three things make identity but here's the beautiful thing the question that we're all striving to answer in life before we reach our death we're all trying to figure out our identity and regardless of what you believe what college you went to how many degrees you can have more degrees than a thermometer uh, uh, where you grew up whether you where, where you are in a corporate ladder uh, you people here's the reality people search for fulfillment and longing in relationships jobs money achievements possessions and a million other things but the amazing things are you ready to catch it I'm really ready to give you some let me know wave your hand if you let me know you're ready to catch it here it is get ready to catch it and let me know that you caught it the amazing thing is that Jesus already answered the question of identity did you catch this it's as if a teacher, imagine this, it's as if a teacher gave you the answers in advance to the most difficult tests in life. Can you imagine how many of my students, where, how many of y'all in school, where are my students at? All right, all right. Imagine a teacher giving you all of the answers to the most difficult tests that you will have. It's the same thing with identity. It's the most difficult, complex thing we can try to answer. But the beautiful thing is that Jesus already gave us the answer as to who we are. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not as easy as it sounds. Because we can either let the world tell us who we are or let God tell us who we are. We can either let the world define who we are or let God define who we are. Can I tell you who you are? Talk back to me. Can I tell you who you are? You are beloved. You are a child of God. You are delighted in. You are washed and cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. You are set free. You are temple of the Holy Spirit. You are adopted into God's family. You are in co-heir with Christ. You are righteous. You are a saint saved by grace. You are an ambassador of Christ. I wish I had some people that believe that today. You are a co-laborer with Christ Jesus. You are a masterpiece. You are bold. You, are, you have guaranteed victory through Jesus. You have a secure future and you are whole in Christ the answer that we're looking for God lets us know in his word that this is who you are when you look in the mirror you may see somebody who's short like me or maybe somebody who's tall or maybe somebody who's slim, maybe slim thick. Maybe you got bunions and corns on your toes. Maybe you got one eye that's lazier than the other. Maybe you, you snort when you laugh. Maybe, you got, maybe you're missing a, a finger on your hand. Listen, it don't matter. You see, that's the physical, but really who you are. This is who you are. 
You may say, I'm a business owner. I'm, uh, I'm Central American. I'm from this place. I'm from D.C. Uh, 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 I'm the son of such and such. This is my parents. This is my culture. This is my society. And, and you've let these things define you. I grew up this way. So the choices I make, the things that I do is based on my culture, my society, what the world tells me, how the world defines me. But God is letting you know that this is who you are. Identity. 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 This is who you are, but oftentimes there is a gap that exists between intellectually knowing these things. Because as I say, as I say these things, you know, I heard you shout amen, but, but here's the difficult part. We can know these truths because can I tell you, these are truths. This is, this is, this is, this is a fact. What, what, what the Bible and what God declares about you, that is the truth. That is the fact. Esa es la verdad. It's not, it's not anything else. It, this is the truth. But oftentimes we know these things intellectually, but there's a conflict because we don't live this way. I'm going to help somebody out today, baby. I'm gonna, I know they, they're looking at me like maybe it's the rain. They got them a little gloomy, but, but I'm going to preach this thing anyway. Often there is a gap. And this can be affected by how we see ourselves, our life experiences. What creates these gaps? Oftentimes, we don't believe these things wholeheartedly because of the experiences that we go through in life. Pastor, you're saying I'm set free. Pastor, you're saying the word is declaring that I am victorious, that I am a conqueror, that I am a co-heir with Christ, that I'm beloved, that I'm loved by God. But, but my experiences are telling me something else. And so we're conflicted whenever we look at our condition instead of our position. Because God has given each of us a position in who we are in him, but oftentimes it's conflicted by our conditions. And maybe this has happened to you when you've experienced a failure. Maybe when you've let somebody down. Maybe when you lost people around you. Maybe your identity was shaken up when your relationship with your marriage started to go bad, when your friendship started to go bad, when, your, when things at your job started to go bad, and then it shakes you up because, because now you, you, know, you were confident at one point, now these things are shaking you up, and you're saying, I don't believe these things about me. And oftentimes, and I, and I want you to really understand this, what happens with this gap, whenever there's a gap, this is, my, this is my condition, and over here I have my position, and God wants me to live based on my position. I want you to catch this. God wants me to live based on my condition. God wants me to live a life as if I'm set free. To walk with confidence, not with my head down, but every time I walk in the room to declare, I am a history maker, I'm a world changer, I am the head, not the tail, I'm blessed, I'm not cursed, I am, I am a child of God, I'm confident who I am. See, that's position, but here you are looking at your condition, you're looking at yourself like, man, look how funky I look. I'm tore up from the floor up. I'm broke as a joke. You're looking at your condition. And what happens oftentimes is in between, there's a gap. The enemy fills that gap with his lies and deceit. Whenever there's a gap, and, and this is not part of my message, but I want to throw something for my marriages. Marriages get ready to catch this. Whenever there's a gap in communication with you and your wife, the enemy begins to fill it with lies and deceit. 
Whenever there's a gap between you and a person from church, whenever there's a gap between you and your calling and what you're supposed to be doing for God, the more you delay, the more you sit on your gifts and your talents, the more the enemy can fill that space and say you're never meant for that. You were never called for that. You're a reject. You're lonely. You're a nobody. You won't amount to anything. You see, those are the lies of the enemy. Because he wants to steal our purpose, our identity with lies and deceit. So whenever we allow the enemy to fill our heads with lies and deceit, we begin to feel rejected instead of accepted. We begin to live in bondage instead of redeemed. We begin to live under the law instead of covered by grace. We begin feeling as if we're an orphan instead of being adopted and etc. So what do we do with this issue here? What do we do here with false beliefs? What do we do when our condition doesn't match up with, with, with doesn't match with our position? Get ready to write this down. What you have to do is you have to recognize what those false beliefs are. What is the enemy telling you about? That you're not worthy? That you won't amount to anything? That you never were called by God? That you don't have purpose? Because you failed, you won't be able to get up from this one because you've lost people that you're not worthy of love. What is that lie? You've got to recognize that false belief and surrender it over to God. Here it is in repentance. Now, I know that that word is not popular. I know that word kind of when you hear that word, that starts to like, hold up. What, what, what are you talking about? Repentance. The word repentance is from the Greek word which literally means to change one's mind. So whenever you have those thoughts in those moments and in those instances, you've got to grab hold of that thought, grab it captive, surrender it to God, rebuke that thought and replace it with the truth found in scripture. When you feel lonely and you're saying, I'm always gonna be lonely, that's when you have to grab a hold of that lie of the enemy and say that I am never lonely because God has said in his word that he will never leave me nor forsake me. When, 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 when your money's looking funny and you're broke as a joke and you're saying I won't make it out of this financially, you gotta grab hold of that lie and you gotta say my God is my my provider and he will make a way when your body is sick and you say you'll never be healed you got to declare my God I wish I had somebody I feel like preaching my God is a healer and he will make a way out of no way when you feel sad and you won't make it out my God is a comforter and he is my counselor he is my rock he is my salvation he is my hope he is everything that I He's everything that I need in my situation. Even when I look at my condition, I have a position in God. You got to recognize what that lie is because let me tell you, the enemy will do anything, anything to make you believe the lie. When you wake up in the morning and you feel sad and depressed and you feel anxious, you say, well, this is my life. I've always been this way. I'll never be able to break out of this depression. The devil is a liar. I, I want to grab you right now. 
you got to shake that off and say that I'm blessed. I am highly favored. I am a co-heir with Christ. I've been adopted to the family of God. I have a position in God. Some of you, as I'm preaching, those false beliefs are coming to your mind. Even as I'm speaking, you better grab hold of those things and say, I do not believe that. I believe what the word of God tells me about who I am. Here's the thing, though. Here's what you got to understand. You may not always feel as if you're forgiven, but God has forgiven you. So often we live with guilt and shame. Guilt and shame disconnects us from people. And it causes disunity with people amongst us. And it causes discouragement for our souls. Guilt and shame, when you live in guilt and shame, what it causes is, is disconnection and discouragement. And so, and so, here's the thing. Sometimes the lie is connected to a very real painful experience. Because I'm not, I'm not saying this is like a magic potion and just poof, you just start to declare these. No, here's the thing, here's the thing. I realize that sometimes the lie may have come, you know what, you went through that, you went through that bad toxic relationship. It was a real experience. You did lose your job. You went through these things and that was a real, real painful experience. But here's the thing, you gotta take some time to grieve because so often what we do is cover up our pain and our issues. We ignore it. Am I talking to the right church? Well, y'all keep it real with me. Just nod your head and let me know that I'm not alone. I, I, I've done this before. You know, when, you, when you've gone through a real issue with your family, with your parents, with your friends, with your coworkers, what we often do is mask it and act as if it never happened. But see, so long as we keep that hidden, we will never be fully uh, able to overcome guilt and shame. And so, and so what happens is the lie is often connected to something that is real and true. So you do have to grieve. You do have to reveal what it is that's hurting you in order for God to heal what's hurt you. I'm going to say that again because I feel like you didn't catch it. Let me rewind. In order for you to truly heal, you've got to reveal to God what it is that hurt you. So often we say, man, that, that, you're that, I'm stronger than that. But you're crippled emotionally and spiritually. You know, that wasn't nothing, but you know that at your core, that experience really hurt you. You've got to reveal those things to God in order for him to heal those things. So we do have to grieve. We do have to process these things. But after you surrendered that lie over to God, pray that he help you to believe the truth. So when you feel like you're not forgiven, say, God, help me to believe that I'm forgiven. When you don't have the strength and when you don't have the faith, say the same prayer that Thomas did when he said, help my unbelief. You may not always feel it, but the scripture says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine powers to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments, every lofty opinion, every lie of the enemy. We destroy it by taking it captive to the obedience of Christ. So here's the thing. You've got to make a commitment to view yourself the way God views you. There's a gap issue. Then there is an issue of taking these lies that often fill those gaps, 
But after that, we've got to make a commitment. Do me a favor. Tell the person beside you, in case they're falling asleep, tell them you've got to make a commitment. Let, just look at them and tell them you've got to make a commitment. What is the commitment to? The commitment is to viewing yourself as God views you. Did you know if we lived out the identity based on how God sees us, we will no longer feel the need to find our worth in external circumstances. When you, when you really base your identity in Christ and everything that he's declared you to be, not your job, because let me tell you, things will get shaky at your job. And if that's your foundation, when things start to go bad, you're going to start to lose it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's not in the business because you know them contracts may not come through the way you expected it to. Holy Spirit talking to somebody. It can't be in my husband or my wife because they keep messing up. See, see, when you base your identity in external circumstances, things can go down. But what I want to challenge and encourage you to do today is to base your identity in who Jesus is. Because Jesus said, I am a rock. I'm immovable. I'm unchanging. Although people change, Jesus says, I remain the same. How does, how, what does that mean to remain the same? He says, if I was faithful to you in the past, I will continue to be faithful to you in the future. I wish I had somebody that would agree with me today. What he's saying is, my love is unchanging. See, some people's change for, uh, love for you may change. They may love you today, and they may not like you tomorrow. And as soon as they don't like you, start talking about you, stop calling you. That's when your if your foundation was that, you start to get anxious. You start to get depressed. Jesus is saying, my love for you doesn't change. My purpose for you, I know that, I know you forgot about, the, God is telling you, I know you forgot about the dream, the goal, the calling that I have for your life, but I haven't forgot about it. I know you may have put me on the back burner, but God is saying, I've always been here. I'm just waiting on you to call out to me so we can build this relationship. God wants you to know that you can find hope, your identity, your strength, everything that you long, everything that you need, you can find it in him. He tells you you're beloved. He tells you you're wanted. He tells you you belong. He tells you you're part of the family of God. He tells you you have purpose. He tells you you have a calling. I wish there were more people that got excited about it. Is there anybody excited to know that that's the kind of God that we serve? That although people may leave us, God never leaves us. Although people may forsake us, God will never forsake. Anybody ever gone through something where they've been left alone? In the moment you needed somebody the most, they weren't there? They promised to have your back, but in the moment you needed it most, they weren't found. Talking about they never scared, they always be there, but they were never found. God is saying, I'm not like that. My love doesn't change. Who you are, how I view you does not change. He tells you in 1 Peter 2.9, you are a chosen people. This is about you. This is about you. He says, you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, 
that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I say amen to that. I grab that. I take hold of that. I receive that. Uh, 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 he says about you in Deuteronomy 31 8, the Lord himself goes before you and it, watch this is about you. He says and will be with you. He will never leave you. I grab that for me and he will never forsake you he says in Psalm 139 14 he says about you you are fearfully and wonderfully made stop looking for stop looking for identity and what other people say about you why I won't amount to anything because my daddy told me I wasn't gonna be anybody the devil is a liar my neighbors told me that I wasn't smart enough. God says, I made you fearfully and wonderfully. I'm trying to lose weight because other people on IG flexing on the ground. You doing it for people? Not bad to get healthy. It's a wonderful thing. Amen. Who, how many of y'all trying to get healthy? Y'all going to try to get healthy with me this summer? Amen. Amen. You know, we try to get our summer bodies in during the summer. That's backwards. We were supposed to do it during the winter. I'm not saying get healthy, lose weight, eat good, look good, but who is it for? Because you're seeing what others are doing on social media? Because you need more likes, more hearts on your page? What are you doing it for? Because as long as you're doing it for people, then you're going to start believing the lies of the enemy. Because when you don't get the likes, the enemy is going to tell you, see, you're not worthy. You got to find your identity in who Jesus says you are. He says you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He said you're his, his special possession. God is saying that about you. Holy, powerful, almighty God is saying you're special. Some of y'all say, I don't feel special. Nobody ever told me I'm special. God is letting you know you're special. Some of y'all been wanting for, for a man or a woman to tell you you're, you're special. Listen, God is telling you you're special. Some of y'all need to go out on a date with God. Just go out and just have a dinner and just pray to God and, and just let him tell you you're special. Get in his word. Have time in his presence because when you spend time in God's presence, that's when he affirms you that you are special. When you get in his word, that's when he affirms you that you are a royal priesthood that you've been called out of darkness into his wonderful light, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I know you look at yourself in the mirror and you look at yourself and you say, I'm all jacked up. But God says, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. I made you the way that you are. I made you with your quirks. I made you with your flaws. I made you the way God is saying to you, with all of you, you gotta love who you are because God loves you. Your identity has got to be rooted in Jesus, especially now in the summer. You know, especially now in the summer, this is a time where, where a lot of people, you know, this is a time where people are having parties, pool parties, going out and doing all types of other things. And then people start to shame themselves if they don't look a certain way, if they don't talk a certain way, if they don't dress a certain way. And so now more than ever, we need a church. We need you all. All of us, we need to find our identity 
in who Jesus says we are. Do you believe that today, that you are these things that he declared over your life? Lift your hand for me for a second, with me for a second. Put up that, keep it lifted. Go, go back to uh, first, first Peter 2.9. Let's declare this. Because this is what you got to do at home, by the way. When those lies start hitting you, this is what you got to do. Say with me, I'm, I'm chosen. I'm a part, repeat this, I'm a part of a royal priesthood. A holy nation. I'm God's special possession. Come on, say it like you were in chorus when you, when you were growing up. Say it with me. I'm God's special possession. I'm called into the light out of darkness. Do you believe that? Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's move forward. Declare with me. Come on, keep it lifted. Say, I am not lonely. I will not be afraid. God is with me. Let's go to the next verse. Say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you believe that today? Over the next several weeks, we're going to look at the promises of God. Scripture that, that, that tells us who we are, and we're going to break those scriptures down. This was the starting point of that. I want you this week to practice. Practice this. When the lie comes, when that gap tries to get filled with lies, you got to take that captive and begin to declare the truths found in the scripture. Don't believe those lies. Believe that you are everything God called you to be. Now let's do one last thing before I close up. I learned this, this uh, when we were in Chicago and I loved it. It was, um, it was, it was a prayer. And this, and this is the way that the Quakers, um, when they settled, this is the way they would pray. And, and they would uh, stretch their hands. And I want you to do that. I wish I had my hands free, Mike. But just stretch your hands like this, just like this, just like this. Kind of a little low, a little low. Don't, yeah, there you go. I want everybody to do this. We're going to do something symbolic right now as I pray. Because some of us, if not all of us, have to drop some things, some lies that we believed. Some of the things that were spoken over us. And we went all our lives believing that we were those things. And the enemy continued to use that in our life. And today, symbolically, we're making a declaration that we're going we're gonna to let those things or we're going to drop it. And then what we'll do in a moment right after that is we're going to, don't do it now, just I'll, I'll, I'll instruct you. Then we're going to switch and lift our hands as if we're getting ready to receive. After, you see, you can't receive before you drop the things that, that are weighing you. You got to let it go and then receive what God has for you. So let's do that now. Lord, and I want you to think about those things that you believe. What are the lies? I want everybody doing this. Lord, the dead weight, the lies, the deceit, the things that have affected our emotions, our spiritual walk, guilt, shame, faithlessness and, and discouragement and disunity, all those toxic things, God, the things that we've believed over the years, we make a commitment today and say, God, we let it go. 
And as, as, I, as I'm praying, just as if you're dropping weight, as if you're dropping weight, we let it go. We let go of the lies. We let go of the negativity. We let go of that fear. We let go of that doubt that's been holding us back for so many years. We let go of it. We thank you, God, that you're strong enough to take our weight. I thank you that you're strong enough to take our fears, our anxieties, our issues, our pain. We give it over to you. We drop that weight. And now we flip our hands over and we receive, God, your love, your grace, more of your presence, more of your spirit, more of your word, your mercy. We receive all of the blessings that you have for us. Because there's so many, God. We thank you for never letting us go. We thank you, God, that we can receive our identity. Find it, discover it in you. Find purpose in you. Find potential in you. And opportunities to live that potential and that purpose. We thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. How many received that today? Thanks so much again for tuning in. I hope that you join us the next time. If you are in the DMV area, please make sure to come out on a Sunday at 1.30 p.m. You can find more information at myhopecenter.org. And you can also stay connected to us on social media. We are at My Hope Center on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So you can search us up, connect with us, and uh, I hope to hear from you all and see you all very soon. So until then, peace, love, and God bless.